0: You're listening to Black Humboldt's second season of Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County.
1: KM Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff.
2: Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo, mom artist extraordinaire.
3: Baby, baby. Hey, y'all, it's your favorite wiggler and giggler, the flowy healer, and fluffy unicorn, Levia. Wink, wait, wait wait wait. Hey, it's Tina, the songstress who helps the youth. Boop, boop,
0: boop, boop. Now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Erica Badu.
3: Our guest tonight is a woman of many talents. She is the poster child for reentry in Santa Clara County. She is an advocate for youth in Humboldt County. She is a certified UJam instructor. She was the first black Miss Inked Hearts to hit the billboards, and she's a producer, performer, and founder of Bare Elegance Burlesque. Tonight we welcome Stacy Farmer, also known as Electra Gray. What up, girl? What up, Stacy? What's up, Stacy?
1: Yo, Stacy, welcome.
3: Hey, y'all. Y'all, this is my sister. We got my sister in the house tonight.
0: Yes, we love to Woo.
3: see it.
0: Yes, I'm happy to be here. How are you guys doing tonight? Good.
3: Yeah, we Gucci, we we living life. You know, what I'm saying it's Friday night. It is Friday. (laughs) TGIF,
2: man. Yes, I'm chilling. It's a good Friday. I'm feeling that vibe for sure. (laughs) Thank you for coming, Stacey. Um, Do you want to just tell us about your art and your artistry and what you do as an artist and how you create in Humboldt County?
0: Yes. Um, So uh, I think the best way to describe my art is I have the ability of fulfilling visions and breaking cycles. Um, I like to think of it as um, inspiring the broken spirit. Um, I've created a few organizations that serve to break cycles and provide a community to tart to a specific population. Do you want to go a little bit deeper into some of the programs that you've worked with? Yeah. Um, so I've, I'm the founder of um, two organizations and one of them is called sisters that been there. And it's an organization that, um, caters to the emotional needs of rehabilitating women. Um, first founded in, uh, Santa Clara County and then moved to Humboldt County in 2016, um, serving our local County jail. And, um, My other organization is Bear Elegance Burlesque Beauties, and we are a burlesque troupe um, who focus on um, sisterhood and unity, um, creating space for individuals to play a part in their community and embrace their bodies, their spirits, their lives, and um, be bold and go forth.
3: Oh, that sounds like really, that sounds really dope, like, and- like kudos to you for creating organizations that are beneficial literally for women specifically. Um, so, and it sounds like you are a jack of all trades. Like you do a lot of stuff. So can you tell us a little bit about how, um, like, how did you begin your artist journey? Um, and can, and if you do like include where you're from and any cultural context, contexts of you.
0: Yeah. I, um, so I've been thinking a lot about like when it all started, and um, I actually recently did a little um, video documentary on um when I identified the seed was planted, um, which was a long time ago. Um I am originally was born in Oakland and raised in Humboldt County. And I am one of many sisters, as you hear ones here with us tonight. The journey started um I guess officially when I woke up in county jail in Santa Clara County and um I was pretty tired of my life at that point I believe I was like 21 at the time and um it was in that moment that I wanted something different and needed a different lifestyle um I like grew up in humble and um my mother is an addict and my father was an addict and, um, basically moms gave us away at the age of eight. And I went to live with a family up on Titlow Hill road. Um, and this family was called, uh, celebrations up by Willow Creek up on horse mountain. And I really believe that that's where the seed was planted for me. However, it didn't like sprout right away. Um, I kind of went through life for a while, not knowing like what I wanted to do um, or what my purpose even was. I didn't know why the heck I was here. Like I didn't fit in anywhere. Um, I didn't like, I just didn't, you know, I didn't have any goals or anything like that or anything that I thought that I was good at, you know? So um, I went on to lead a very rough lifestyle, I guess you could say like running the streets and got into involved with drugs and alcohol and, um, moved to the Bay area. Uh, when my mom's father got sick, um, I was in high school at the time and we moved back to Oakland and I went through a lot of stuff in that time frame, And, um, I went through all kinds of things, um, street life, you know, drug use, uh, drug dealing and prostitution and human trafficking and all sorts of obstacles that I faced as a youth. And um, I finally landed in jail like years later. You know, I had been through group homes, foster homes, um, rehabs for youth. And, um, they said, you know, you have a drug problem and I never really understood what that meant. I thought I was just enjoying the lifestyle, um, and doing what I knew to do. And, um, it got to a point where I just got tired of my life. I got tired of myself. I was burning bridges with my families, having kids and not raising them. And, um, I ended up in jail in 2009, Um, for a serious offense. And at that time, I, um, I remember I said a prayer and I was just in a real bad situation where um, the person who I had harmed was, you know, my life was in their hands and they had the power to um, either send me to prison for a really long time or uh, allow me to get treatment and get help. And the decision was up to them. And I was facing about four years in prison with a strike. And I sat in the jury box on the day of sentencing and the judge looked at me and he said, formerly Miss Magruder, he said, you are, must be someone special. And in that instant, I was thinking, no, not at all and um, he was like, the victim in your case has called and they've asked us not to send you to prison. they think that you have a drug problem and that you need to get help, but you're not a bad person and I remember feeling like um believing in some kind of higher power um, because when I had gotten to jail at that point I had literally said like, please like don't let this person send me to prison and I was like my prayer, the first prayer I ever prayed. And, um, and I went back, you know, and I didn't go to prison. I actually got a county year with a strike and I did a year in Milpitas County Jail in Santa Clara County. Um, I got out. I bumped my head a lot with trying to reenter into society and, and learn how to live without the use of drugs. Um, I went back. I did a prison sentence when I went back and I did two years in um valley state prison for women. And after my stay there, when I went back, I was actually, um, pregnant with my second child and, um, gave birth in prison to her. And, um, my sister, one of my sisters came and picked her up. And, um, when I got out every time that I went in, I was, I was wanting to figure out like, what is my point? You know, why do I keep coming back? Um, why don't I do right. Like all these things. And I couldn't, I didn't even know. And, um, I got out that time and I think that was like the time that made the difference. Um, but when you're dealing with addiction and things like that, like people have to fucking make mistakes, you know, like you don't just figure it out and the first time around, but each time that I made a mistake, I learned something new and I took that and I grew a little bit more each time. So I went back one more time and, um, that was in 2009. Um, and I went in for some false charges and those charges were, I like to say them because they were false. And it was assault on, um, assault and battery on a peace officer, two officers. Um, I actually had been beat up by these officers. They were highway patrol. They pulled me over at two in the morning and, um, they were racist and they, uh, hog-tied me on the side of a freeway in the middle of the night, um, made threats to me. Um, one of the guys had put me in the car and, um, He made a noose out of the hog ties before he hog tied me. And he swung the noose in my face um, while I was in the backseat of the car. And I remember understanding what was happening. I remember saying, this is racism. This is what I've seen in the movies. This is it. And it was a spirit that I had never felt. Um, It was terrifying. Um, When I got to jail, they had said that I had like five felony counts of battery on the cop that I had broken a nose, kicked a rib and, or broken a rib and kicked a nose and gave an officer a bloody nose. And I remember thinking my life was over and it was going to be gone. I would never see my kids again. I was actually an exit away from getting off to um, getting home to my kid, um, relieving the babysitter. Um, my kid was uh, eight months at the time. And my younger daughter, my older daughter was six. Um, And um, I sat in jail from um, 2009 to 2011. And I was in county the whole time fighting my case, they offered me nine years. And I believe that this was the time that I decided to fight for myself. And um, I could not Get with like doing time for something that I didn't do. Like it was in my spirit. I could not sit down for that. Like I'd done a lot of things in my life, but this thing I didn't do, and I could not do time for a crime that I did not commit. So I started looking up different laws um, that I was being charged for and looking at the penal codes and identifying with myself if I believed that I had participated in this behavior that the laws had said. to find. And I was like, no, like I could see that I was tussling and resisting arrest because I was in a lot of pain and I was in a mini skirt and a tank top and like, um, uh, on a pile of rocks. So I was definitely in a lot of pain and resisting arrest. But other than that, none of those other things had been done. And so I fought my case and The last offer that they gave me was 14 years Um, because of my prior and my strike, everything doubles. And I went into the jail cell. I got on my knees. I prayed, I cried. Um, And the thing is they'll offer you that and tell you, you could get worse if you lose. It's kind of, it's called railroading. And um, I was willing to take the chance of being railroaded. I was that serious about like not doing time for something that I did. So I told them no, thank you for your 14 years. I'd like to take my case to trial. And they were like, good luck to you. And um I was like, okay. And uh basically the day of trial, um, they dropped all the charges to misdemeanors. And um, my attorney advised me that with my prior um offenses, that it was the best deal, and I better take it and ask for gravy, is what he said. Um, I was. Because at this point, it was 18 months that I had sat in in there, 18 months straight in the county jail. And that's 18 months away from my kids, 18 months away from my family, my friends um, and my life. Right. And um, I watched seasons change. That was really hard on me um, spiritually. And I met a lot of people and I took the deal. And I begged the judge for a program, you know, I started thinking about how could I get back at the system? What can I do to never come back um, to ensure that my kids and my family never have to experience this again, let alone me. Right. Um, And I begged him for treatment. I told him, you know, I'm an addict and anything I've ever done has had to do with drugs and alcohol. And I really need treatment or I will be back. And, um, I wrote a letter that was the most authentic thing I had ever said in my life. You know, I asked him to consider these things. Like I asked him to consider my family and my kids are waiting for me to return to active duty in their lives. And I, um, told him that i had always desired to be a part of an organization that was powerful and whole and honest and happy. And I had found that power in the program of Narcotics Anonymous. And I had sat in jail for 18 months knowing that I belonged in Narcotics Anonymous, but did not have the ability to attend any meetings for 18 months. So the desire to be a part of that was real big by the end of that 18 months. And he said that was the most profound letter I've ever heard in all my years of judging. And he is pretty old. So I'm assuming that was a lot of years. (laughs) And, um, he granted me, um, he granted me my request basically. And, um, I sat, I went back to jail. I sat there for eight weeks waiting for a program to pick me up. And in that eight weeks I created sisters that been there um, I figured out what I wanted to do. I read a book called Where have All the Smart Women Gone by Alice Rowe. And um, at the end of that book, I realized that we're all in jail, <laughs> is what I told myself. I was like, We're all in jail, all of us are here, we're behind these walls. Um, and so my goal was to stay connected to those women and create an organization that could be like a sorority for rehabilitating women. Um, And like a sorority that gets you through the process of rehabilitating. I knew at that time that I could only do that by, you know, going out and succeeding myself. So I documented myself and I observed myself and I did the research and I trust the process and I made it. And um, within nine months, I'm actually just got really emotional Um, on Sunday, February. 14th um, will be 10 years that I have not had to go back to the institutions. I've been out for 10 years after a 17 year relationship with the criminal justice system. So I am celebrating that every day, um, but really celebrating this year. It's a huge milestone for me. Um, And so I left that jail um, like 10 years ago in a few days and I have not found it necessary to return. Um, my organization was successful um, after I got released in February, November of that same year, the Santa Clara County Probation Department um, was at a uh, some kind of meeting that I was at and I had gotten asked to speak at that meeting and uh, they asked me to create Sisters That's Been There for their organization. Now, at that time, I was still on probation and parole. Um, and they wanted to sit down and like do a contract with me for this organization that I crafted up while I was in jail. Um, before I got out, just to backtrack, um, before I got out, when I got sentenced and I went back to that jail, I woke up every single day and started writing out my vision and my plan for sisters that been there on this yellow notebook that you get off commissary. And I wrote down all my ideas. I wrote down where we were going to be located. I just created it as as if it existed because it did to me in my mind. I sat with the women. I asked them what we were going to call it. They're actually the ones that helped me name it. Um, we carved our handprint with the name of it in the court holding cell the day that I got sentenced. And yeah, And so I left with that manila envelope under my arm, went to rehab, you know, went through all the processes. and then, bam, I'm in a meeting with people who want me to do the program for them, and I've never even done nothing <laughs> except for write it on paper. Um I, of course, I said, yeah. Um, I'll figure it out. Yep. I'll do it. Um, And there I was um, signed a contract with the Santa Clara probation department and ran the first, I was the first felon to be hired by Santa Clara County. Um, It made the front page of the newspaper. And um, I was running a support group for women who were recently released on AB 109 and they were in shock to see me as I was in shock to see them. And I helped a lot of women break the cycle, their own cycle of incarceration.
2: Well, damn. First, thank you so much for sharing that vulnerable part of your life with us. Um, But also thank you so much for telling such a story of power and strength and um, learning. I feel like I just went on a learning adventure with you and experienced so much of your life um alongside you and congratulations on this milestone that you're about to reach. Um you should be emotional. Um a lot of people, especially black and brown people, end up, you know, in the the clutch of the social justice system and they don't they don't get to have these this amazing story that you've been able to have. So I, I think you owe yourself a uh, a lot of celebration and an applaud. Yeah. that you you did this for yourself and that you were able to do this for yourself and you trusted yourself to do this.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you.
3: That was definitely a very emotional and powerful and inspiring story. I mean, honestly, I hope people re- that are going to be listening to this really think about what resilience looks like and how, despite, you know, trials and tribulations, you can There is always a light at the end of the tunnel, even when there is that moment of helplessness and hopelessness. And I think what makes it even more inspiring is the fact that you used your, you know, your traumas and your challenges into something so productive to help others who are dealing with these same issues see an opportunity to be better. So honestly, it was such an honor to hear your story and thank you so much for sharing it.
0: Thank you.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely taken back. Just, just listening. I mean, we need to have, we need, we need a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we need a, we need a book or we need a film. Like I'm just picturing the, like a lot of this stuff and, you know, I know I'm not doing it justice in my head, but I'm just like, wow, this is like just such a, such a great story. And like, I've known you for a few years and worked with you several times and it's like, um, I'm just kind of like, like a lot of things are just like coming full circle. Uh, So like, yeah, thanks for sharing. Yes.
3: I'm so proud of you. Every single time I'm over here, like, (gasps) she's so strong. I know I'm crying.
2: This is like a movie. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know you personally very well. I like know you as this entity, this light beam in our community. So to hear like a completely, you know, deep, emotional story about you too it's like wow i would have never known i've only seen you like be this really up bright animated beautiful character you know
0: yes it seems to be the theme of my life this year um actually livia suggested um humanizing electra i when i created her you know there was no stacy involved i was like taught you know, when I went through the burlesque class or whatever, like to create a persona and like step into your persona. Like, so I never brought any of this to that. And I feel like I've experienced a lot in that community. And I think it has a lot to do with that. People don't even really know who the hell I am, you know? So this year is all about sharing who I am through Electra and, um, and letting that community know, like, that I am a badass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yo, yeah. yo! Know, you know, if anybody, uh, if any, if anybody can attest to that, <laughs> 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 like the like, just me watching like some of your performances. Like, I have no idea about burlesque. I didn't know what to expect or anything. But it's like the the shows that I've seen were just like they were like really thought out, really put together, really like. Just really, really entertaining, and it's like, like hearing your background and stuff. It's like you're bring you you're bringing that passion on stage, you know, yeah. and it like it shows.
2: Good, well, <laughs> <I'm> good. <laughs> yeah, and just for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about like creating Electra, getting into burlesque, that that kind of part? What fueled that? How'd you get into it?
0: Yeah, so. Like, I did the work, you know, that I was doing with Sisters That's Been There. And um, I decided, you know, that I want to work with a younger population and I wanted to come home. Like, I discharged um, off probation and parole, like, with honors. They said it was in the best interest of justice to release me from probation and parole. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and I was like, cool. And they stamped my paper and I was like... I can go home now. Like I can go home. I'm not stuck here. Um, probation. So I came up here and moved up here after getting a job and like checking everything out and coming home. Um, and then I met my, um, ex-husband and like we got pregnant. Um, well I did, he didn't, uh, and then, um, had a baby. And about five months after I had my son, um, I was going through what a lot of women go through after childbirth, just real emotional, lost and uncomfortable in my own skin, uncomfortable in my body. Whose body is this? Is it the baby's? Is it mine? Like, um, I really could not find my inner sexy goddess, so to speak, like I was just not happy with myself. And he took me, um, he had taken me to a show on my birthday. I think you went to Livia. Thank
3: you. Yeah, there. I think I was there. I'm pretty yeah. sure I was
0: there. Well, that was my first Burlesque show. That was August 17th, 2016. Um, and they I was just mesmerized, you know. I had been through um, different industries, sex industry, strip clubs, things like that. And I had left the, the industry because it was just not fulfilling to me. I was like, they do not appreciate my art, you know? And I literally threw a fit and left the strip club um, years ago. And so I'm sitting in there and I'm like, they're stripping, they're on stage, there's glitter, there's feathers. This is my calling. This is, that's the stage I'm supposed to be on. Um, so they offered a boot camp and I did this boot camp and, um, And I was very mesmerized by the community of it um, and the positive body positivity. People telling you're amazing. Like, who doesn't like that? Um, So I was like, sign me up. I am going to kill it. I'm going to win. I'm going to get in the troop, do whatever I got to do so I can do this. Often, like I had had recovery. I had my spirituality. I got my family back, uh, my sisters and all those relationships were going really good. And then, um, I found something for me and I hadn't found that yet in recovery, like doing something clean and sober. Um, so I killed it on my graduation audition. Um, I stepped out of a time machine that was Really heavy and big, and it was ridiculous. Um, And I created Electra, and the way that that worked was like they were like, you can put anything into this persona that you want. Um, and there was things about me that I don't get to show all the time because they're like magic moments that happen. And I thought, well, Electra can embrace those and create those and bring those to stage. So Electra, um, when I originally created her, she was a a time traveling superhero who travels to different eras and times and brings back those fun memories of different decades and brings them to the stage and allows people, allows people to escape into those um, good memories and fun memories of what life has been like, you know, over the past few decades. Um, And so she just does unthinkable things. Like she loves to shock people and um, inspire people and tell the most raw stories and get naked doing it like a way for people to um, process the information that's actually being portrayed. Um, Yeah. So that's basically how she was created. Um, She's been through a lot. (laughs) in the community. Um, you know, I believe I'm like three of three out, one out of three black burlesque performers in Humboldt County. One out one out of four, excuse me, one out of four that I know of. Um, so I've been through a lot. <laughs> Electric
3: gray is definitely one of the points of your entertainment that I I've seen you as an entertainer in many facets of the things that you've done in your life. And Watching Electric Gray come to fruition was definitely one of the things that I was just like, holy cow, she is like harnessing her raw ass energy. And it's been really me. And and also I, I've lived in the community for so long um that i you know when you started talking about burlesque i was like it's a different kind of community out here like <laughs> and watching you just break the barriers to become a black burlesque artist here in Humboldt was like so inspiring to me because i thought it wasn't possible mm. i never tried to do that because it, i thought it wasn't possible and you made not only did you kick down the door but you threw your hand back for others and it was really wild to see that and it was a beautiful thing to watch and i'm you know, I'm happy you're here still breaking down doors and, and still have your hand out for other people who need a safe space to be in their true form.
0: You got me crying.
3: I know I'm over here trying not to do it either. It's okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that's super important though. Like the, uh, the the women in your troop, like, you know, they're able to live their best life and, and exude confidence and power in in at least on stage right where they may not be able to they may not feel like they're able to do that in other places
0: right um we have some amazing members um in our troop who i won't tell their story you know i'll save that for them to tell but they have come from so much um crap life has given them a crappy hand and Um, the stories they tell me about how they stumbled upon um, bare Elegance Burlesque and how it's transformed their lives. I'm just like, really? (laughs) That's great. You know, I'm like, that's the point. But I'm just always overtaken by the things that people say. I mean, family members have come to shows and you know, thanked me for creating it, you know, that their sibling has changed dramatically in the best ways and they've never seen them this confident. And, you know, it's not even just a confidence that they take on stage. They're walking through the communities with their head held high and they have hope that there's going to be another practice where they're going to get to meet um, their sisters and bond and talk about their life and talk about their visions and their Ideas for what they want to create. And I get to support them in helping them bring those things from their mind to the stage. Um, And it's powerful work, you know. And um, Bare Elegance Burlesque has been similar structure as Sisters That's Been There in the fact that the whole point of it is to provide a space for people who have been told they're not good enough for people who have been told, uh, you need a little bit more experience, or, um, yeah, your costume isn't good enough, or, you know, you're too new. And I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) That's bullshit. Come over here and um, let's see what we can do about that. And just let them go. Go for it, you know, and we'll learn as we go. And that's the best process, is learn as you go. so that's kind of our troupe. We cater to the newer um, burlesque artists, the aspiring burlesque artists in Humboldt County who want to be a part of a troupe but don't have enough experience. Um, we actually take the time to teach them everything that they may need to know and show them how to research um, more information. And then we practice, our shows are all about practice. so. It's a lot of new artists on the stage with their visions and it's raw form. Um, we don't believe in the, uh, the barriers of what burlesque is supposed to look like this year. We're breaking that we're unleashed this year where we do what we want to do. Um, not what you say it's supposed to look like. We don't, we're not doing that this year. So, um, really excited about that. Um. And yeah, I'm excited. We have a lot planned this year. Can you go into any of the details? Um, A little
3: bit, a little bit, a little bit. Can you give us a sneaky peeky on what you got in store here for Humble?
0: Yeah. So I, I will just be transparent and say that the Humble burlesque community has not been very nice to me. Um, It's not been very welcoming. It's not been very supportive. Um, And so there were some things that I started to notice in my journey through burlesque. And I was so, did I mention that my mother was a burlesque artist? I don't think I mentioned that. Um, my mom, silky star was a veteran. She's a veteran of burlesque, um, and traveled to Switzerland to perform burlesque when she was pregnant with me. So, I am my mother's legacy and I will not be shut out. So one of the things that I wanted to discover um, was that like no one provided me with any information, accurate information about like how Burlesque got to Humboldt County and like who started it or anything. Like I, I came to find that I didn't know nothing, (laughs) nothing I knew there was no real traditions or anything. So I started doing some digging and one of the projects I'm currently working on is the history of humble burlesque. We're doing a documentary, um, and chasing down the predecessors who brought burlesque here as our way of saying thank you and, um, providing this documentary to leave in the community. Um, so people can understand what it is, how it got here, um, and who's doing what Basically, so that's one of the projects we're working on, and we have some very good things happening in that documentary. Um, it should be done by the end of this year, I'm hoping, but it might not be because there's a lot of people to interview. Um, we're also I'm doing a series called Unleashed. Um, it's kind of similar to what we're doing now, but I'm going to be telling my whole story over the course of of the year in different little segments on YouTube, um, just videos about my own journey, uh, like life uh, before Electra. And then um, up to now, um, what I was like before burlesque and what I've endured um, since being in burlesque. That first series will air on Valentine's day as a gift to myself um, this Sunday on my YouTube and then we've got a uh, bootcamp beauties on February 18th, which is a full on burlesque boot camp for community members. And we have people signed up, ready to go. Uh, we are going to take them on a journey through the land of burlesque as we know it. And we are so excited about that.
1: Hey. Hey. Yeah, that's
0: dope. Jeez. What a journey.
3: Tell us
0: how we can find you. Um, I'm all over the place. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me um, on Instagram. I've got many handles. Um, If you're looking to follow Electra and her um, burlesque uh, creations, it's Electra Gray underscore dreams on IG. Um, And... You can also find me on Facebook at Electra Gray, and I'm definitely on TikTok. <laughs> Your TikTok is hilarious. <laughs> I'm pretty silly, um, and that's it. That's how you can find me. I we also have a Facebook page for Sisters that's been there, and then we also have a Facebook page for Bare Elegance Burlesque, as well as an Instagram for Bare Elegance Burlesque. Um, it's at Bare Elegance Burlesque. But yeah. And then on YouTube, Electra Gray on YouTube, Bear Elegance Burlesque on YouTube. Um, and you can follow Stacey Farmer on YouTube because I'll be uploading the the videos there as well.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Stacy, for coming and telling your story with us and chit chatting. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the black aesthetic, y'all. This was the BH Hub talking art, life, and just existence in Humboldt County. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast across all streaming platforms. If you want to get involved with the Hub or have questions or want to show us some love, you can hit us up at blackhumboldt at gmail.com. We're on all socials at blackhumboldt. That's B L A C K H U M B O L T. And until next time, continue to walk in your black excellence.